Welcome back everybody. Today we have something a little bit different for you. We made a uh, vacational type trip to Ohio and uh, while we were up there a friend hooked me up. Uh, a couple of years ago I went on to a radio called WTNS, a local radio station up there in northeast Ohio and they wanted me back. So went on to this radio interview, got it recorded for you. It was a nice hour-long talk with a very uh, nice gentleman there and uh, we had a good time. It is three minutes after 10 o'clock, 57 degrees currently in uh, Coshocton. Time for hour number two of the Communication Lines program. We have a very special guest returning to the studio. He was with us a couple of years ago and his name is uh, Jimmy Kolb and he is a bench press specialist. Uh, he can lift a lot of weight and uh, in fact he is a world record holder uh, the all-time heaviest bench press i'm talking all-time heaviest of any human ever to walk this earth uh, he has bench pressed the most 1320 pounds and that came uh, recently so we've got a world record holder right here in the studio with us uh, with us today it's uh, my pleasure to Welcome back, uh, Jimmy Cole. Good morning, Jimmy. Thanks good. for being here today. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me back. It's really humbling, and I'm, I'm glad to be back. And now you have, uh, you're from Dover, is that right? Dover, Ohio. And uh, you have connections around here, around Coshocton County, though. I do. A lot, lots of them. West Lafayette, more specifically. Uh -huh. And what are those connections? Oh, mostly they come from uh, Blackstone's Gym down in West Lafayette. That's where I got my start in the sport back in, oh, 20. 10, 20, mm -hmm. 2009. Uh, I got John Blackstone, Tracy Weiler, uh, Ralph Young, Dale Menifee, Avery Dotson. I could go on and on and on. But, uh, okay, those are some characters. Yeah. Okay, exactly. So, uh, now, is this, uh, you were in the Marines last time that, that we talked? I was. I was in my last year of my enlistment. Uh, I was in my fourth year, or getting close to my fourth year, and then I finally got out uh, October 26th of 2020. So we, we were speaking in March. So uh, I was on my last stretch of the Marines, so I, I got out, and uh, now I'm enjoying life and uh, doing powerlifting full-time. How did you get into powerlifting to begin with? So I, you know, I started out, and I was in sports my entire life doing, you know, just the classic stuff. So I'm actually from Montana, so back, you know, soccer, baseball was pretty popular. Got into martial arts, and then uh, we moved to Ohio with my mom. And uh, I was in a bookstore looking for books on martial arts, and I came upon a bodybuilding encyclopedia. It was actually the Weeder Encyclopedia. So I started out bodybuilding. I wanted to be a bodybuilder, and then I realized about eight months in, there's a difference. You can be as big as you possibly can or be as strong as you possibly can. So I, I thought that was more impressive, so I went the strength route, started lifting weights to get stronger. And then in 2018, uh, I'm sorry, 2008, I was 10 years behind. 2008, I met a man named Adam Hicks, who was also local from West Lafayette. And he brought me under his wing, introduced me to the sport of powerlifting, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, as uh, as would be expected, you are a very uh, muscular uh, man. Were, were, you, uh, were you muscular as a child? I think I was. My mom's got pictures of me as a five- and six-year-old flexing. Not that I was, like, really built, but you could definitely see I had a little bit of a uh, slight muscle tone to me. So lifting weights came very, very natural. At 14 years old, I was benching over 300 pounds. At uh, 15 and 16, I think at 16, I benched 400 for the first time at like less than 200 pounds of body weight. So it's always come very naturally to me, especially the bench press, which is kind of the, the lift for manhood and, and the sport of weights. Everybody wants to have a big bench. So that was always the one that interested me the most. I've done all three lifts, squat, bench, deadlift. 
Didn't enjoy the other two very much, so I spent the last 14 years of my career in, in the sport specifically working on the bench press. Well, and so you are, you, you call yourself a bench press specialist, right? That's right. Uh, so, and, and there's a difference between uh, weightlifting and powerlifting and strongman. There's a lot of different, a lot of different categories with different cultures there, right? Oh, yeah. So you, you ask people what powerlifting is, a lot of them don't know. Uh, it's not televised very often. It's a very kind of an underground sport. So people think weightlifting, which is what you see on the Olympics, putting weights overhead. Uh, that is not what powerlifting is by any stretch of the imagination. That takes weightlifting takes you know coordination, speed, timing, flexibility, coordination. Powerlifting does not take any of those things in reality. Uh, strongman, you also see on TV, like on the ESPN, the World's Strongest Man. They're lifting logs and stones mm. and medleys and all this crazy stuff. And, That's uh, kind of gimmicky, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. yeah you know, I, I've met uh, a few uh, pro strongmen. They're really cool guys. I get along with them really well. They're pretty awesome. One but, name I remember is Magnus Ver Magnuson. You can't forget a name like that. He's like a legend. In, in legendary. That. I think he's still alive and uh, judging uh, powerful, or, um, sorry, strongman competitions. I think we saw him at the Arnold this past year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ma another Magnus is Magnus Samuelson uh, from Sweden, I believe, and uh, Legends, but yeah, powerlifting is very, very niche, and especially on my side of the sport, which is equipped powerlifting, uh, very, very small, tight knit community, but uh, very, very, very friendly as well. And you're a bench press specialist, so you, but you go to the, you, you uh, compete at the Arnold each year. So I, go? Well, what's your involvement there? We go, we go to the Arnold every year. We've gone to the Arnold every year since 2009 or 10. I think we've only missed a couple because of the military. Um, I used to compete at the Arnold. They had a bench press competition where it was the biggest bench takes all. But now it's it's kind of switched. The last time I competed at the Arnold was 2015. I think I bombed out, which means I didn't get a lift in. 2014, I won it. Um, but recently it's switched to, it's called the last man standing. And it's more of a, it's kind of an endurance test. It's, it's a... Uh, it's who can do the most singles in like in ascending weights. It's not like who can bench the most. It's who can last the longest. So it doesn't interest me as much anymore. We still go to the Arnold to work for one of our sponsors for all three days, but I don't compete there right now. And uh, now you, you, you see guys with uh, with lots of muscles and say, "I could bench press three hundred pounds." And uh, well, you can you can bench press half a ton more than that. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's all relative. You know, right. there's different ways to display strength. And uh, just for, you know, because some people argue who's the strongest in the world or in history at something. There's so many different ways to display that strength. Who can just pick the most weight up off the floor, deadlift? Who can put the most weight overhead? You know, strongman or Olympic weightlifting. You know, but who can bench press the most? And that's what interests me, which is the most important thing. And that's what I've chosen to pursue. So. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to dog on somebody for, I'm going to use it lightly, only uh, benching 300 pounds. It's all, if, as long as you're working hard and enjoying it, that's awesome. So what is the allure? What took you down this uh, this this path? Um, what what keeps you going? That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good, deep question. What? So I've never, uh, I've always competed against myself. I want to get something out of the sport. I've never, I've not spent my entire career chasing others. Um, I know a lot of powerlifters in the past that I've followed had like what they call lightly uh, their their kill list, but it's not an actual list of people they want to dismember. But uh, 
it's people they want to beat. So they would uh, have a list of people, I want to beat that guy. They beat him, cross his name off the list, go to the next guy, go to the next guy. And eventually I thought, like, well, what if, what if you get to the bottom of that list and then, like, you have nobody else to beat, what else do you have? I've spent my entire career trying to improve myself and trying to uh, chase my own numbers. And that's what keeps me motivated. Even though I'm on the top right now, by a considerable margin, I still have numbers I want to get and I want to pursue. Um, so I'm never bored. I always have something else that I want to chase. Um, so that's that's kind of what keeps me going. I, I think a couple of years ago when we spoke, you were the world record holder then too, weren't you? Or yeah. At the, um, at, the, at the moment? I was at the moment. Uh, so what I had done, it was my first time ever benching 1,000 pounds. It was actually... March 1st of 2020, I got it tattooed on my arm right there. Uh, I benched 1,035, weighing 273, I believe. And uh, that broke the weight class, the 275 weight class all-time bench record by, I think, four pounds. A man named Scott Mendelson from California had the record before at 1031. So it was my first time benching 1,000. It was one of my first times benching an all-time world record for a weight class. So I've got a lot of weight class all-time world records, but more specifically, the, the lift that I did earlier this year was the heaviest lift ever done for bench press, but also for the entire sport of powerlifting. You had held the record before, but eventually somebody somebody broke that, right? Yes. You hold um, it now, but, but, but you had the record before, and then somebody topped that, right? Yeah, so June of last year, uh, 2021, I was at uh, York, uh, the York Barbell Hall of Fame in Pennsylvania, and at that moment, I had benched 1,120 pounds. And that was the all-time heaviest bench in history uh, at that time. And then a man uh, from Texas, a really good friend of mine named Tiny Meeker, uh, he came up in November of that year. We both went back to York, and he beat me by five pounds. He benched 1,125. And then uh, I ended up bombing out of that meet, which means, again, I didn't get a lift in. And then come February, so about three or four months later of 2022, I, I rebroke that record by almost 200 pounds by benching 1320. Oh, the tiny, uh, tiny Meeker was it? Yeah, Meeker, uh, Paul Tiny Meeker okay. from Texas, and uh, goes by the name of uh, of Tiny. Okay, tiny. now you you uh, you compete against yourself. You're always trying to improve, but did that bug you a little bit when he beat you by? Five pounds at all? Yeah, you know, a little bit. A tiny bit. I mean, huh, tiny, right? Uh, um, no, it it did. Um, it, it it lit a fire under me a little bit. Um, again, it's, it's not about beating others. But at the same time, I'm in a position where I can be the best of all time. And uh, it, it definitely motivated me to keep pushing. And uh, it, it was it was a pretty, it was very, very, it's always friendly. You know, we're, we're all friends. We all do the same thing. We all support each other. And, uh, but yeah, that definitely motivated me to keep going heavier. That, the, you know, 1,100 pounds uh, plus, that that's, was un, hardly imaginable back then. Now we're talking you know, a couple hundred pounds more. What, what do you think are the, uh, is the upper limit of well, you or any human to, uh, of a bench press? What, what, uh, what's, what is there, a, the, what's the limit if there is such a thing? That's. I was not raised to believe in limits. I was raised by my mother here in Ohio, and limits are fictitious. Now, I mean, I have to be realistic at the same time. I don't think three or 4,000 pounds is ever going to be done, but I have goals of benching 1,400 pounds this year is actually my goal, my short-term goal. So I benched 1,320 in February. I've hit 
multiple 1200s here. Uh, we went to Texas. Um, I've had a few 1200 pound benches. So what I want to do is bench 1400 this year. And then I have an ultimate goal, which I mean, there's no really time. I don't have a time frame. I, I can take as long as I want, but I do think a 1500 pound bench, a three quarters of a ton bench is possible whether I do it or somebody else does it, but with time, with proper time and adaptation to loads, uh, we, we got, we're talking bones, muscle, connective tissue, CNS, central nervous system, I think 1,500 pounds is possible. Um, uh, as of right now, uh, 1,320 pounds is the world record held by you. Do they, do they use English or metric? Do they? Uh, it, it depends on where you go. Oh, okay. Um, if you're talking kilos, it's, <laughs> it's, my phone failed me. I, I, I did a calculation on my phone, my phone calculator there. I got it up here online somewhere, one yeah. of the articles I read. But it, uh, uh, let's see. How does, uh, let's see, 508 kilograms. That was 2021. And, well, at any rate, 500 and some uh, kilograms. I believe it's 599 more okay. specifically. I wanted to do the first 600 kilo lift and lift period in powerlifting. My phone said it was 1320. And according to Google, it was like 1321 or 22. So I benched 599, not 600 kilos, but 5. But you thought it was going to be 600, did I, you? I did. When you were doing it? I did, yes. Okay, just yeah. because of a miscalculation. On, on, on my part, Okay. yes. Uh, all right, uh, so just for, and I, I realize, you know, we're not talking about strong man here and lifting logs and stuff, but can you give us a frame of reference? Uh, what are some, some things that weigh 1,320 pounds? Does a Volkswagen weigh that much? Well, I do, I do know that your average uh, sailboat, I believe, weighs 1,320 or so. That was one, a, a, a fact that I had heard when the lift first came out back in February. Somebody had said, like, hey, do you realize, like, your average sailboat weighs 1,320 um, I'm not sure about other things that weigh that much. I'm assuming maybe maybe a small car if it was stripped, or maybe the back end of said car or the front end. If the, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, that someone said that there's actually a 1,320 feet and a quarter mile drag strip, which I thought was kind of cool. I didn't do that on purpose, but that was also a cool fact. Um, I picked that number for a few reasons. Uh, personal goal, but also the heaviest weight ever lifted by a human being before that was in the squat. The squat record was 1311, uh, held by a man that goes by Tractor Baptist. So I, I wanted to outbench the squat record, and I did that by nine pounds. And how does it work uh, in uh, the competition? You choose how much you're going to attempt. How many? What's a typical comp, uh, competition? Do you just uh, lift once, or how's it work? How's it work? You have three attempts. So if you if you do a classic powerlifting meet, you have squat, bench, deadlift. That's what a power lifter is. The sport of powerlifting is squat, bench, deadlift. You get three attempts at each lift. Your heaviest attempt of each lift is combined for a total that determines your placing. In my situation, being a bench-only guy, I still have three attempts, but I get placings based on just my one attempt in the bench. Um, again, I'm not going for placing right now i'm not going to win competitions or get a tro i don't even get to keep trophies anymore i give them away or i just let's find a random kid in the audience and just give it to him or donate the trophy to the gym uh, my gym owner so what i do is i'm going to actually like i'm going to set historical records now is what i'm trying to do so i get three attempts in the bench i determine what i want to do i could open it a thousand i could open when i did the 1320 my opener was 1225 so I open at 1225, 
and then made the 95 pound jump to 1320 um, based on what I, I could have made a five pound jump, 50 pound jump, but I made a 95 okay. pound jump. Um, that's how it works typically. Does uh, you, you get three attempts? Does is one typically uh, you know the first, second, or third typically your best? I would think the first one would take a lot out of you, but you did the thirteen twenty on your second attempt. I I've all in my experience, I've always gotten my heaviest lifts on a second, third attempt. I have like no gas left, no oxygen left. I'm done after the second attempt. Typically, it's it's very rare occasions where I've gotten all three attempts. I've actually. The first time I benched a thousand pounds when I came here two years ago, I missed my opener, I missed my second attempt, and I got it on my third. I was about to bomb out for the fifth time in a row in 12 months. Um, I had four failures before that, complete failures in 12 months. So it just depends. But I always the, the opener is just to get in the meat. You know, you get the opener, you're in the meat, you're not going to bomb out. Okay, now 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 we get to have fun, and go. And typically, what I do is go for the record or go for my personal best on that second attempt. So the first one's kind of the nerve wracking, get that one out of the way. And the second attempt is where the business happens. Uh, third attempt, I like I said, I rarely feel good enough to go for it. And if I do, I generally miss it because I'm just out of, I'm completely out of gas. What uh, what what do you need to do to have a, a qualifying uh, lift? You use the term bomb out, ones that don't, don't uh, that, 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 are, that fail. What do you yeah. need to do? you got to follow the rules, and you have to lift to a standard. So in the bench press, where I compete, you typically have two commands. You have So you take the bar out at arm's length. You can have a handoff person or a handoff crew, which I require. I have to have about three to four people on the bar to get it out to me. Uh, the head person, the guy at the head of the bar says, release. Everybody lets go. It's completely in my hands by myself. Complete control. It's a, powerlifting is a controlled sport. You have to show control. You can't just take the bar out and go straight down to your chest. You have to show the judges you have control of the bar. Oh, they might even say take it, like take the bar away, <laughs> re-rack it because you're not showing control. Hold it at arm's length at control. Bring it down to your body because I touch my belly, not my chest. I, I bring it quite a bit lower. You have to completely stop. The bar is completely paused on your chest or your belly until the head judge says press. And at that point, you can press the bar up, controlled, even. Hold it at lockout until the head judge says rack, and then you put it in there. And you can have assistance racking the way. You don't okay. have to do it yourself, um, which also is a requirement for me because the bar is uh, bending quite a bit. If I try to rack it myself, it's not going to go into the hooks. So they have to actually pick the bar up, take the bend out of the bar to get it back into the, into the rack. So that's you have to follow the commands. If you touch and go, like you touch and don't wait for the press call, that's a bad lift. If you don't hold it at lockout and wait for the rack command, that's a bad lift. Uh, typically, you have three judges on the platform. The two side judges are looking for things like uh, foot movement on the floor. You can't move around. You have to stay planted. They're looking to make sure your butt is not coming off the bench because that can also be cause for a red light. Um, and it's it's got to it's got to follow the standard and follow the rules. And are they are they pretty consistent with that? Is there shakiness or is there I some mean, wiggle? I, I guess uh, how uh, how clear cut are those definitions? They're, I mean, it's pretty black and white, cut, cut and dry. I mean, it's 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 pretty easy to, to follow. There are certain. It, it depends on where you go. There's there's a lot of different what we call the federations in the sport of powerlifting. There's too many of them, in my opinion. There needs to be a lot less. Um, I like to go to meets and federations that are lifter friendly. Um, if you do something they don't like, 
if it's if it's not too bad, they might say, "Hey, you did. We're gonna give it to you, but on but on the next one, you have to correct this, mm-hmm. or we're gonna fail you. So make sure you don't do that again." Um, but there, there's there's fair consistency. There are meets you go to, and you're like, "How did that pass? Like, what mm-hmm. what's going on here?" But tip. Most of the time, you see a pretty consistent judging. Okay, well, you're you're being very kind, but I'm kind of picturing picturing in my mind uh, baseball. You know, the announcers say, "Well, today they're not giving them those low strikes and uh, that that kind of thing." And is is that a fair uh, fair analogy? It's. I mean, you know, we're we're all human. Whether some people want right. to admit it or not, but we're all human. Everybody makes mistakes from time to time. Things get missed or things get pat. You know, it's just. But it's you know it's platform ready. It, it's 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 meet day. It's game day. Um, things happen. Things get passed. I've seen lifts that got failed. That I'm like, there was nothing wrong with that. What's going on here? It's just it's just how it works. You, the sport of power. Nothing is perfect in life. You're gonna get lifts taken away from you that probably you deserved. You're gonna get lifts turned down. It's just it's just how the sport works. You know, it's just it's just part of it. Uh, it seems there would be a certain amount of danger in uh, in, in what you do oh. if, uh, if something uh, something slips or drops or the, uh, what what are what are some of the risks? Well, I'll tell you what I I had a, a slight injury back in 2018 2019 when I was still in the military. I accidentally, long story, but I accidentally dropped 405 400 pounds on my chest um, from full lockout. It came down to my chest, it bounced, and came back down a second time. And I cracked both ribs on each side of my body, pulverized the soft tissue of my below my sternum and my abs. I couldn't get out of bed by myself for six months. Um, I couldn't sneeze. <laughs> my body like my body kept me from sneezing because of how much pain I was in. That was just four hundred pounds. So thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred pounds if if something goes wrong you're you're probably not going to walk away from that yeah, so there is definitely risk it's any any sport taken to the extreme is going to have a risk factor and i and we all know and understand that there's things in in play there's things that we have in place to negate some of that danger like proper spotting we have what we call body savers on the bench which are these metallic arms that run the length of your body that actually can be raised up and down so if you happen to dump a weight towards your belly or towards your face, the bar will land on these metallic arms and not your body. That's one of that. That should be. That's not a requirement right now for meets to have those. I'm fighting with federations to actually make that a mandatory requirement to have face savers on the bench no matter what, because that's just one of the most, uh, you know, um, the the safest ways to bench. And one of the biggest safety factors. And if we know if the competition does not have them, I will not show up. The be- the the meet has to have face savers on the bench, or I don't compete. Uh, okay, and uh, and you uh, carry enough uh, weight, I'm sure, to uh, have some influence over that. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitor like everybody else. I like to try to stay as humble as possible. I don't like the idea of using my name or my credentials to like have pull and sway. I do appreciate if people can recognize at least that I have a good point and will take it in consideration. Um, but I, 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 you know, I pay my gym memberships. I, I or, uh, you know, uh, membership fees for federations. I 
enter meets. I pay, you know, I pay to get in. I'm, I'm a competitor like everybody else on that platform. Everybody should have equal say, in my opinion. Okay, but they want you to come, and it's all about safety. So uh, correct. Now, how how often? I mean, the injury you described with with 400 pounds does not sound pleasant at all. Uh, how how frequent are injuries in your sport? It, you know, percentage wise, it's. It's actually one of the safest sports out there. I mean, injuries are not very common, and it's that that people you know it's that you hear somebody blowing out a quad, blowing out a knee, ripping a pec, blowing out a shoulder. It's actually st statistically speaking, is a very safe sport. But again, anything taken to the extreme has has danger. But we wear equipment that keeps us from like tearing you know, our bench press shirts that keep us from tearing our pecs, blowing out our shoulders, uh, squat suits, knee wraps, and again proper spotting a lot of times what i see um if somebody's getting injured it's oftentimes because it's not always the spotter's fault but oftentimes somebody will dump a weight in the squat or something will happen and the spotters are not strong enough or capable enough to actually grab the weight and put it back for them so that oftentimes is the case um, rarely do you see somebody just go for a weight they can't handle and they get hurt doing it but it's it's it happens, but it's not as common as people think. The spotters and the people around you, when you're, it's one thing when you're lifting 400 pounds, but you gotta have some strong men around you when you're lifting 1,300. So that's that's it's such a, it, I'm the you know I'm the one on the platform. I'm the one under the barbell. So it's it's an individual sport, yes, but I cannot do the things I do without my support group without my guys at the gym, without my crew. So everywhere I go, when within a reason, if we're going to Florida or Texas, obviously they can't all come with us, it's too expensive. But if we're going local, we're down in Virginia, so we go to Pennsylvania, to York Barbell, you know, two and a half hours, three hour drive, my entire crew comes with me because they know what to do and they know how to handle me and they know what to do if something goes wrong and they're capable enough to, to do it. I'm not just gonna trust the, the meat spotters or people I've never met before. Mm -hmm. I'm handling too much weight now to take that risk. If they can't go with me or if I'm going somewhere where they can't go with me and I, and I, I know there's nobody there who can help me, I, I'm, I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to go. We're talking today with uh, Jimmy Cole, the world record holder, the all-time uh, heaviest uh, bench pressed, 1,320 pounds. We'll take a break. We'll be back with Jimmy uh, right after these words. And we are back uh, once again with uh, Jimmy Cole from Dover, and he has the uh, all-time uh, has the all-time heaviest bench press at uh, one thousand three hundred and twenty pounds. Okay, Jimmy, can you tell us a little bit about how you prepare your diet, your uh, nutrition, your training? How do you uh, do all this? Oh yeah, it's for full circle. Um, I basically have three parts uh, corners of the triangle that I like to cover. That's training, sleep, and nutrition. That's how I that's how I work that. So. Uh, the training aspect, obviously to train for a 1,300-pound bench. Now I'm looking to bench 1,400 pounds or more you know, in the coming couple of years. So um, I train five days a week. I am off on Mondays and Fridays. That's kind of my weekend, Monday, Friday. Uh, I train Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, my heaviest bench days is on Saturday mornings. I've been doing that for three years at my current gym down in Virginia. Uh, same time every morning, Saturday mornings. I base the rest of my week on my performance of that day. So however Saturday mornings go, that's kind of like my Monday. I start Saturday and I work the rest of the week on that. Uh, a lot of the work I do in the gym besides the bench pressing is actually uh, bodybuilding oriented. I'm trying to become a 
physically bigger, stronger human being and actually put muscle on, which is never going to hurt anybody in a strength sport. I do a lot of back work, uh, shoulders, chest, triceps, full body, lower body from time to time. It's not my favorite thing in the world to do. Um, but in my endless pursuit to gain more weight and more muscle mass, it's kind of a necessity to work the lower body. So the training aspect, I mean, I, I, mean, I go really, really heavy on bench as often as I can. Um, the training is as heavy as I can. So nutrition-wise, um, I'm on what we call the seafood diet. I see it and I eat it. Um, high amount of calories. I'm on a lot of weight gainer, uh, weight gainer shakes. Uh, I take creatine. Um, I'm not really big on pre-workouts and all that fancy stuff. I just try to get as many calories in and protein and carbs in per day. Uh, not just to maintain. I tell people you have to take in nutrition. Uh, you have to take in nutrients not just to maintain yourself as a living, breathing organism, but also to carry you know the amount of muscle you're trying to do and the amount of uh, calories that you're burning during these heavy workouts, you have to take in so much calories. If you think you're eating enough, you're probably not. So eat as much as I possibly can. And then obviously just with uh, sleep is just getting enough of it. If I feel like taking a nap in the middle of the day, I take it. There's, there's, no, there's no argument. I'm doing such heavy work in the gym every single week. Uh, I take frequent naps. And uh, when I was talking to you here two years ago, I had not yet begun uh, my sleep therapy with my uh, CPAP, my sleep machine. I've done that since, and that's made an absolute world of difference. Uh, a lot of times when people hear CPAP, they say, well, that's something that's prescribed for, uh, for sleep apnea or something like that. You use it as a uh, training um, method. Is my understanding that kind, correctly? Kind of both. I, okay. do, I do actually have sleep apnea just because of my, my size and my, and, and, and my mass. I was uh, not sleeping very well during the Marine Corps uh, for various reasons. But, uh, but my size was, was always a problem. I was waking up in the middle of the night, choking myself out. So I use it just, I actually have okay. the apnea. But also, uh, sleep, you know, no, not, not a single human being that's ever lived has ever grown while in the gym. You grow while you sleep and recover. You, have, you grow outside the gym with, with food and sleep. You tear yourself down in the gym and you recover outside the gym. So as long as those three parts of the triangle are, are like in check and good, I, I'm, I'm good to go. Are there a lot of gyms that have the equipment that you need to train? You, you've got one in Virginia, you, know, you have to find them, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to come by. I mean, here in Ohio, Ohio is kind of like the heartbeat of the sport of powerlifting. Not just because Ohio kind of looks like a heart, but also we have all the major gyms. There's Westside Barbell, Elite FTS, the Doghouse, all in Columbus area. Uh, you've got obviously you've got like Blackstones at West Lafayette. I trained at Iron Chamber in Canton, Ohio for a while. Um, down in Virginia, we were down there for the military. We found a gym. Uh, actually, I was there on opening day. That's called Unleashed Strength in an area called Manassas. I was there on opening day, and I've been there ever since for three years. Um, it's it's taken time. They had a piece of equipment that was good for me. So I stayed there, and slowly over three years, uh, when capable and financially stable enough, we've added equipment uh, to kind of facilitate my needs. And uh, do, do, a little bit more on your uh, nutrition. You eat a lot of calories. Uh, and uh, anything in particular as far as getting uh, nutrients or uh, heavy on carbs? Yeah, I mean, the body doesn't know the difference between calorie intake if it comes calories if it comes from a pizza or if it comes from a weight gain shake the body doesn't know the difference calories a calorie um, so a lot of that uh, I tell people if you can't eat your calories then drink your calories 
So once I started adding in the weight gain shakes, about uh, two servings a day, which gives me an additional about 2,400 calories on top of all the food that I take in. And that food could be anything. I, I, I frequent uh, drive-throughs, um, which is kind of a bad habiting to knock that off. It's getting kind of expensive, but um, I, I love Chinese food, um, mm. buffet types. We can, I mean, just as long as I'm getting something in. Um, if, I, if I'm ever hungry at any, po- at any part of my day, that's a problem. Um, my general rule is every two hours I'm taking something in, whether it's a shake, whether it's a food, a snack, whatever it is, I'm always taking something in so I'm never hungry. You're sipping off some water as we speak here. Do you have, what about hydration? Hydr- yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of a habit that I picked up. Um, I was working at, a, at Belden Brick over in Sugar Creek before I went into the military, and that was some extraordinarily difficult manual labor job. Mm-hmm. So drinking water was kind of like a habit I picked up from Belden Brick. And then I continue that on throughout the military. Um, yeah, you have to stay hydrated. You, you, people can tear muscles just from being a little bit too dehydrated. Uh, muscles are nutrient-dense uh, parts of our body. You have to keep them hydrated. And then just that's the, you know, the necessary requirement for life on Earth anyway. So drink more water. Absolutely. And how about your uh, support system in the form of, of other people? You've mentioned your friends, your gym, your spotters, uh, uh, and, and, and others that, that help you be successful at what you do. I can't, again, I can't do what I do without them. And that's, that's been the case ever since 2008. 2008, when I met up with Adam Hicks, again, from West Lafayette, uh, Ridgewood High School. Uh, he met me at the YMCA over in New Philly, Ohio. Yes, I got started at a YMCA. Uh, he met me there. He was going to college down in the area. He was coming there um, during the week, and he pulled me over. And ever since then, since I started working on at Blackstones and then later Iron Chamber and now uh, Unleash Strength and Manassas, I cannot do this sport without uh, my crew. They, they are absolutely nece- necessary, and they're, they're great. Uh, they're selfless. They they do they do whatever I need, and, and I, I return the favor. It's not one sided. It can't be. That's selfish. Um, I do return the favor as often as I can, in any way that I can. But you know, I to to you know, help and load plates, unload plates, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of weights to be taken on and off the bar during the workout. Handoffs. Um, is anything I need? They're there, and not just in the gym. They're also there for my competitions. It is absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm one individual underneath the weight on the platform, but it is a team sport for me to be successful. Okay, and uh, does anybody call you and uh, say, hey, Jimmy, I got this big heavy thing over here. I can't move. Come out here and lift it because you're so strong. You, Any you know, that? <laughs> being, a, being good at bench press makes me not good at a lot of other things. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not just strong at bench. But people get it kind of twisted, like, well, you can bench that much. Why can't you move this refrigerator? Why can't you lift it? It's like, well, hey, I, I, that's this movement. It's not, uh, now, like, strongmen, I would say, are more functional for everyday situations like that because of the nature of their sport. You know, I lift a weight in one way, in one direction. You know, they, they're lifting, like, mechanically speaking, in such different ways, lifting logs, lifting stones, carrying things, walking with things, pulling trucks, uh, pulling trucks behind them with harnesses and things. So I think if you want uh, help moving, contact a local strongman. You might have better luck. Uh, okay, all right. So uh, and you are a bench press specialist. We uh, established that right out of the the shoot. Now, 
In the movies, sometimes we see uh, there's uh, guys that think they're tough, they have a couple of beers, and they want to come up and challenge the biggest guy in the room. Does that ever happen to you? Fortunately, I don't drink, and I don't. That's not my scene. I don't uh, frequent bars. In, in, in any, any, it any, can happen elsewhere. Any though. situation. No, you know, no. I, 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 that's not really happened to me. Um, I get people that are interested, and I, I see myself every day. I think I don't think I look special, or I, th I think I have a little case of a, what's called bigorexia, which is where you're, you, you always see yourself as kind of being a small person. I, I look at myself, and I'm never happy. I'm like, I'm not big enough. What? Who's this shrimp in the mirror? But other people see me there. They come up to me and talk, and they say, oh, well, of course, they always ask, what do you bench? Because that's the universal okay, question. Okay. What do you bench? I, uh, well, I bench 1,320 pounds. Yeah. I, I tell, and I kind of laugh, like, they're not, they're not going to believe what I say. They're, they're not, they're, those, those numbers, it's, it's hard for people to kind of understand because that's not something that everybody has experience with. Now, if you say, if you can take a, a 60 penny nail or something and bend it. So everybody can grab a penny nail and, and know how tough that is and how how you know how hard it feels. That's relatable because everybody kind of kind of have that experience. But when you say I bench 13, 20, they're like, oh, okay. I get the most awkward reactions. Mm -hmm. and nobody, I don't. I mean, I'll, they probably think I'm just messing with them, but. Uh, I tell them sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. It just depends on the situation. Yeah, but, but nobody messes with you. I mean, and, and regardless of your with an image that you just said that people are going to look at you, and they aren't going to want to. Um, they aren't going to want to mess with you. I, I get left alone. Okay. which is the way I like it. You know. Uh, all right, and uh, and we talked about your uh, your support system and the people that have uh, helped get you where uh, you are. What what about uh, financial support and sponsors and uh, and people that that help uh, pay for your uh, your travel and expenses oh that yeah again I, I again not it is a team sport absolutely in any way sense of the word even though I, it's one person underneath the bar it is a team sport so talking about sponsors of course I've got I've been with Anderson powerlifting for the last uh, 13 years since I was about 18 19 years old they are the supplier of all the equipment that I need it's basically the powerlifting superstore uh, they got wraps Sleeves, bench shirts, belts, chalk, ammonia, anything you need in powerlifting that you can wear or use, Anderson Powerlifting has it. And they've supported me since I was, again, 18, 19 years old, helping with travel, uh, equipment, anything like that, accommodations. If I'm traveling on my own, I need a hotel, they got me. Um, that's absolutely necessary. And then uh, the gym we lift at, which is Unleashed Strength in uh, Manassas, Virginia, uh, Joe and Margo Strada are the owners. Absolutely just very, very kind, wonderful people. Uh, they sponsor me as an athlete um, as well, uh, just with uh, no membership fee, uh, free drinks, anything I need nutritionally. Like during the workout, they got me. And of course, he's helped me pay for some competitions as well, like entry fees and things like that. Uh, very, very, very kind, giving people. And then we got uh, Tracy Weiler, of course, over here in uh, West Lafayette with the Dairy Hut, who has been helping me financially uh, with a lot of my nutritional needs, like my supplements that I oftentimes can't afford, uh, travel as well. He's got me as well. You ever, you ever had one of those big fish sandwiches? I, I, I haven't had his fish sandwich. Okay. I'm, not, I'm, a bit, I'm a more of a burger guy. Okay. I've had his got those too. Goliath burger. It's like yeah, a three-pound, yeah. mm -hmm. four-pound burger. Yeah. yeah, you did that? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I, I, don't get the t I don't get the works on it, though. I'm not really a condiment and all the onions and pickles okay. guy. I like meat, cheese, and just lettuce, tomato. That's pretty much it. There you go. Any, any other sponsors that you want to uh, recognize? So we got Anderson Powerfitting, Unleashed Strength. We got uh, Tracy Water with the Dairy Hut. 
Uh, I, yes, um, I also am sponsored with a chiropractic buddy of mine. He's, his name is uh, Jericho. He owns a chiropractic business called Live by Design down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is a few towns away from Manassas. So it's quite a bit of a distance, but um, he does work on myself, uh, a few other top-end athletes in the area. Bobby Thompson, strongman, uh, is one of them, um, and a few powerlifting friends of mine that they have since left the area, but uh, he does work on me. Um, I was concerned at one point about uh, microfractures in my forearms, if I had had them or not, because microfractures, you're not going to know if you have them until it's too late, because bone doesn't have any nerve endings. So if you do have fractures, you're not going to know. So I say, I say, hey, do you have a good reference for somewhere I could go for an x-ray? He goes, well, I'll do it for you. And we, we checked it out. I'm all good. There was no fractures. It was just sore, soft tissue. But, yeah, he takes really good care of me as well. Okay. And, uh, Katie, can I talk to you for just a minute here? Sure. I'm not going to let you. I uh, <laughs> just uh, want to let everybody know that uh, that you're here. You were with us uh, a couple of years ago. You're, you're with them all the time, aren't you? Yes. Uh, We've been together 12 years. Uh-huh. Yep. So uh, talk a, a little bit from uh, your perspective uh, about uh, Jimmy's career and, and uh, how you feel that uh, uh, that you support it. Yeah. Um, I had never even heard of powerlifting before we met. I was 18. I was a senior in high school. You know, we met through a friend. And one of our first, like, hangout sessions, he was like, hey, I have to go to the gym. And I was thinking, like, oh, okay, like the football guys do. You know, they have to go. They have to lift a little bit. They have to leave. And we were there for, like, four hours. And I was like, what are we, what is this? Right. And um, so I slowly got introduced into powerlifting that way with him and fell in love with it just like I fell in love with him. And it's just been, we've sacrificed a lot. Powerlifting's always come first. And I love it. I, I'm absolutely just the most proud. And, you know, meeting him, what were you trying to do, eight at the time? 800 pounds? And he was just like, oh, man, I'm going to bench eight. That's going to be, like, the greatest thing I ever do. Cool. And then through the years, it's been eight and then nine and then military and then a 1,000 and then 1,100. And I'm like, How, when is this going to stop? You know, where is the peak? But it's never enough. And so now we're knocking on the door at 14. He's going to do 15. He's got record boards with lists that he's going to knock off here in the future. And it's absolutely been amazing to watch him and to be a part of it. Uh, with uh, the lifestyle and the travel and, uh, and everything that it, it involves, uh, is it adventurous or is it grueling or both or what other words would you use? I would say both, um, but more adventurous. We've, especially in the last two years, have we've gone so many places, met so many people. He's done amazing things. We've made so many friends um, and just got to do like really cool stuff. And you know, if you would have asked 18-year-old me what I thought our lives would look like in 10 years, it would not have been this. Mm -hmm. um, but we live the absolute best life. We're self-employed, um, and so we just make our own schedule, and we lift, and most of our lives is around when's the next meet and where we're going. Uh, but it's wonderful. We love it. Well, uh, thank you, Katie. Jimmy, anything that Katie said that you'd like to expand on? <laughs> mm. uh, it, it's, it's been really good to both of us. The sport has been awesome. Um, it, it is a sport that you truly have to love because there's not a lot of money involved. I mean, I've spent 18 years in the sport, more than half my life in the sport. Uh, and after 18 years, there are some opportunities for money meets. I've, I've done a few money meets the last couple of years. Um, I've got some opportunities to get a little bit of financial gain. 
but I've truly not done it for the money because at, it took 17 years before I was getting paid even a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I clearly have not done it for the money. It's it's purely for the love of the sport that makes, I mean, you can barely rub two nickels together sometimes, but you, you love it. So it's been really good to both of us. It's, we've had opportunities to travel, again, for the sport, but we've got to see a lot of parts of the country that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Uh, met a lot of great people, made a lot of great connections, and it's just, it's treated us really, really well. At this point in your career, uh, are you uh, are you able to make a, a, I'll just say, comfortable living from it? So between between the lifting and the things I run, so, I, you know, I, I do coaching online, uh, which uh, I, I coach about, I think, seven or eight athletes right now, top, top end athletes. I also run a Patreon online. So a Patreon is a platform where people can just post. There's there's all different kinds of things you can do on Patreon. Uh, my grandma introduced me to that because she was actually subscribed to a Patreon where she was learning how to paint different things. A person would just put videos up on how to instruct on how to paint. And uh, so I, I created a Patreon, which was actually Katie's idea. And for 10 bucks a month, people can subscribe on there. It's just my last name followed by Strong, so Kolb Strong on Patreon. 10 bucks a month, people subscribe and they get to watch everything I do in the gym, every single rep of every single movement, five or six days a week. I video record all of it. I do commentary over top of it. And you get to, I use it as a, an advertisement for all the behind the scenes stuff for the big lifts I do on the platform. There's a lot of work that goes into it, not just bench press and get out of there. There's a lot of work and people are interested to know what I do. So the Patreon brings in some income. And as she mentioned, we're self-employed about two years ago year and a half ago, we decided to make our own business. Right out of the military, we decided to make our own business and work for ourselves. So we do t-shirts, we screen print. Uh, we have a small business called Melon Tops, which is an Etsy uh, business where we do uh, custom orders for people, uh, stickers, prints, shirts, things like that. So we're 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 good. We're doing well. And you're, uh, you have a nonprofit foundation. Is that what you just referred to there? The, um, but uh uh, uh, tell us a little, a little bit about that, or Katie, would you yeah. like to ever? Uh... Um, yeah, we, we uh, it was actually, again, it was her idea. Uh, we have a nonprofit organization. We're, we are officially a... 501C3. There you go, 501C3, yeah. uh, nonprofit organization. What we do is we raise money for young, young powerlifting athletes. It's called the Kolb Strong uh, Scholarship, uh, Powerlifting Fund for Young Athletes. And throughout the year, we collect donations, we host events, things like that. We do giveaways, we raise money, and for every thousand dollars we raise, we uh, give that to a young athlete between the ages of 13 to 23, so the teenage division and the junior division, uh, we cut people thousand dollar checks. Um, we do that through a kind of a vetting process. We have people write it on the, the start of January 1st of the, of the next year. We take applications, we read through people's stories, see what their story is, and we have a small board of people, about four, me, her, and two others that kind of go through all the applications and see who needs this the most. And we cut these young people a check to use for anything they need for the sport. Pay gym, food, gym dues, food, meats, travel. They, they could go blow it on a PlayStation 3 or 4 for, you know, it doesn't matter, but as long as they use it for, for, for a game. Uh, but we do it because we were at that, that age at one point and struggling, but, but we still did what, what, I, what I needed to do be, to be successful no matter how hard we struggled. So we know what it's like to struggle, so we wanted to make this young uh, young athlete foundation to raise some money for them. What message do you have for young people that might uh, be interested in, in your sport? Take your time. I, I, you know, I've spent, again, 18 years, more than half my life, dedicated solely to this sport. It's taken me 18 years 
when I first, when I was 14 years old, 18 years ago, and I was bench pressing for the first time, I was benching like 120 pounds. So it's taken me 18 years to go from 120 to 1320. It does not happen overnight by any stretch of the imagination. Take your time. This is not an instant gratification sport. If you're interested in instant gratification, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, there's a, people take certain routes in the sport to get instant gratification, and it's oftentimes not a good route. Um, so don't uh, don't look for instant gratification. Take your time doing it. Give back to the sport. Um, I see a lot of people that take and take and take, and they give nothing back, and that's the, that's not good for the sport. So give back. Go to competitions. Find the person that's by himself and help him out. You know, load some plates, spot some people. Just give back somehow to the sport a little bit. You know, clean up after yourself at the gym. Help your gym owner out. He's got a really busy job. You know, ask, I, I, before I leave every day, I go to the gym. I find my gym owner, Joe Strada. I say, hey, Joe, do you need help with anything? Got any projects you need me to help you with? Something. So be kind, give back, lift heavy. That's our that's our motto. Uh, all right, that sounds like good advice in any field uh, of endeavor. Well, Jimmy, what are your uh, what are your immediate goals? What are your immediate plans, competitions, uh, goals, etc.? So I'm training right now. I've been training for the past uh, two or three. I haven't competed since May uh, down in Texas at the Baddest Venture Two. I've been taking kind of some time off to just take time to train for the next one. So the next competition we have is York Barbell Hall of Fame. Uh, November 19th and 20th. It's a two-day competition. I compete on the second day, so the 20th. That's at the, uh, again, at York, Pennsylvania. I'm going to try to go for 1,400 pounds. I'm training for it right now. It's going really well. I'm very confident. Um, everything has to be perfect between now and then for me to be successful. But So I'm trying to com uh, compete there. Bench 1,400 is the goal. After that, it's just kind of in three to four-month intervals, just finding a local meet that's not too far away to drive to and just kind of go there and always shoot for more because it's never enough. Jimmy, I want to thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Always has been a pleasure. Looking forward to speaking with you again after you after you bench 1500. That is awesome. Thank you for having me again. Uh, uh, thanks again, Jimmy. That is it. Jimmy Kolb, uh, a uh, bench press specialist and uh, has performed the all-time heaviest bench press, uh, 1,320 pounds. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I'll be back one more time right after these words. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for today. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, Email us, thecolbstrong at gmail.com. Include Power Podcast as the email title. Please subscribe and review this podcast if you haven't already. This helps us grow, and we appreciate all the feedback. You can follow for more content on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and all of those are at the same username, at Colbstrong. If you'd like to send me a video of your bench for critique, some helpful tips, then go to our YouTube channel, and you can just email me your video at thecolbstrong.com at gmail.com. Check out my website, colpstrong.com, for bench programs, seminar applications, merch, events, and more. And last but not least, we have a nonprofit that we founded to help financially support young powerlifters, the Colpstrong Scholarship. Would be really cool if you could check that out, share, donate, help us help the next generation of lifters. Just go to colpstrongscholarship.com or follow us on Instagram at colpstrongscholarship. That's it. Thanks for listening. And remember, our motto is never enough. Just because someone says you've reached the top doesn't mean you're done. You are the only one that can set your limitations. Have a great day.